The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, back in on the drive. My name is Karen Harrison. To my right, it is a sports machine, Sean Levine. Directly in front of me, it is Brandon Kylie. We are very happy to be joined in studio by the Plaid Prince, the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, outdoorsman, <laughs> hunter, <laughs> nature aficionado, lover of an IPA. Oh. He's seen Mad Men three consecutive times. <laughs> I don't know about that. Pete Sweeney, how you doing, my man? I'm good. Happy bye week to you guys. We get a little break here for the Chiefs, and then we'll get into the final stretch of the season. You'll be very happy to know that Sean is officially now on Team Frank Clark. Love Frank Clark. Think of all the conversations we've had and how anti-Frank Clark he has been. He is now on Team Frank Clark. I'm glad you made your your way back here, uh, Sean. He looked really good, finally. I mean, it took 10 weeks, but he looked really good on Monday Night Football. Do you think that's the real Frank Clark? I do, I do. I, I, I told you guys this. I was on this this show back in August when it was hot, and I would tell you, man, Frank Clark looks like an absolute monster up in St. Joseph. He's handling Eric Fisher every single day. I think he's going to go crazy this year. And we had the injury thing, and he just never looked like he did in St. Joseph. And then he finally was able to on Monday night after missing a couple games there for the neck, and it, it finally seemed like. He was really good and, and really the player that I saw. Like, granted, he was going up against a rookie, but that being said, I mean, you really can't choose who you're facing. Uh, and, and it all, it all came to be, I think, for Frank Clark. That's why I'll play devil's advocate here for the sake of conversation. Do you put any stock into it? The best games we've seen from Frank Clark were against the Broncos and Garrett yeah. Bowles who clearly have a deficient offensive line and Joe Flacco and the Chargers and going up against a rookie offensive lineman. I think it could be a little bit of both, right? So I, I think Clark is finally feeling as healthy as he has all season. For whatever reason, we only found out about that, you know, week seven, week eight. And it is going to be the competition, I think, a little bit here. If you're playing lesser competition, you're going to have an easier time, especially for what should have been all year, an elite player like Frank Clark, and I think that's what we saw. That's Garrett smoking bulls, by the way, C-Dot, that you're talking about. Have you allowed yourself, Pete, to dream a little bit and imagine what a healthy Chris Jones and a healthy Frank Clark at the same time will look like? Yeah, I mean, we got we got it technically the other night. Chris Jones had a much quieter game, but that led to Clark, I think, having the louder game and and if one of these guys can go off a week it doesn't matter who it is I think you're going to be in pretty good shape especially now that Mahomes is getting healthier yeah for a change and a, a change in the first time in like 20 some odd games he didn't have the greatest game the other night but still was able to get it done with his legs and and I think once the Chiefs 
can get all of this clicking on all cylinders, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I, I still don't think we've seen that yet this year, and they, they have seven wins. We haven't seen the Chiefs as 100% of the team we expected, and they've managed to be seven and four. That's that's incredible, and I, I'm ready to see this team at full strength and a full go. We were debating that yesterday. I think the difference, at least in this room, and I want to get your thoughts on it, is we've watched 11 games of this team. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to see the team that you're talking about. The right. team that we all envisioned in June and July, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to see that team. So at some point, the conversation has to shift into what is this team now? Does this team have enough? That's kind of where I am. I wonder where you are with the injuries because I feel like after every game, there's another injury that we have to talk about. Going into that yeah. game, we felt like, all right, they're getting healthy. Then Tyreek Hill doesn't finish the rest of the game. Football, someone's always going to be out that I don't know if we can necessarily place all the problems with this team at the feet of injuries. The silver lining for the Chiefs, I think, and it's kind of been more annoying than anything else, is that... None of these have been really significant season-ending injuries, except, you know, in the case of some guys like Ogbo, two elite players on the team where you're worried about them and not having them moving forward. There have been lingering injuries. It's not been a Chargers thing where you're losing these key contributors for the whole year. So I think you can still have that capability of seeing that team. I just look at all these games, and week after week, yeah, we're either talking about an injury or talking about how this unit didn't show up, that unit didn't show up. Man, I... I'm ready to see, okay, this Chiefs team where every unit plays well, every unit is pretty healthy, and maybe we get that toward the end of the year because, like I said, uh, you haven't really seen the season-enders you know, you know, quite yet, and, and Tyreek Hill's the latest, and from everything that you're hearing from Rappaport, he will be back next game. Let's keep it on the defensive line because I want to get your thoughts on this new mm -hmm. certain wave that has been happening on social media. Listen to these three texts that we have. <laughs> The Chiefs' run defense is so much better as long as Mike Pinnell is dressed. Telling you. Dude's a beast. Another texter. Mike Pinnell is the difference in the run game. He sat for the Titans game and didn't play the first seven weeks. I had never heard of this dude until the Broncos. <laughs> Sean and BK have now named him hashtag MVP or MV Pinnell. Get it right. Can you explain what's happening with Mike Pinnell? I feel like he is Twitter's second most popular player behind Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that he hasn't been a positive for the Chiefs. He right. certainly has been a positive. He's been on the field. He was on the field for 23 of the 80 snaps. I'm supposed to attribute this team's ability to stop the run and then picking up Mike Pinnell in the last three weeks? And he made 18 plays on those 23 snaps. I think as as fans, and, and even you're guilty of this as a writer and a reporter, Sometimes you see a trend, like you see, okay, the Chiefs did a good job against Dalvin Cook, win. The Chiefs didn't do such a good job against Derrick Henry, loss. The Chiefs did a better job against Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler on the ground, win. What's the difference there? Oh, it's got to be Mike Pinnell. No, I think there's more that goes into it. Steve Spagnuolo pointed to some of the decisions and adjustments he has made. I think this Pinnell obsession is just this odd, weird coincidence. Now, I do believe he should be active most weeks. I don't think he should be taking him out of the lineup, but he's not the difference between your run success and not having run success. I'm with you. He should be active. Right. There was no reason why in the game against the Tennessee Titans that Ivy was on the field more than him and that Colin Saunders was active and he was inactive. I do think that he has become part of this team, that he should get his consistent 25 to 30 snaps a game. But it's crazy to me, and you probably see it in the comment sections yeah. too. I think a large majority of our audience attributes their success in stopping the run 
to Mike Pinnell. <laughs> I'm serious. No, I, I, it's true. I, I, like I said, I just think it's always this constant seeking, this constant searching for rhyme or reason. And more of that than, I think, particularly the player. Now, it's a pretty good player. That was a good pickup. And it was, and I think the Chiefs are better for it, but he's not the difference in the run game. It was a great pickup. I think other teams right now are probably having a little bit of Pinnell envy, but it is what it is. We're talking <laughs> with Pete Sweeney here on 610 Sport. You like that one? I don't I, hit much, so I'll just make sure you I, liked uh, it. I did. I, I did enjoy that do, one. Do, do you think that the defense can ever become consistent? Because you just pointed out, you could argue, they played their best defensive game against the Chargers and one of their worst the week before against the, the Tennessee Titans. Do you think there will ever be, and I don't even care if it's the playoffs, a three- or four-game stretch where we can actually count on this defense to consistently play well? I think you've seen them play better four out of the last five games than the beginning of the season. Sure. And that Titans game was the dud. You can make a case that... The Packers game wasn't tremendous either, but I think they still were playing better. I like some of the different things they were doing as far as aggressiveness goes. I think there's an opportunity for this team. I, I know it's a lot of coach speak, and you heard it all of training camp and even toward the beginning of the season that this unit had to play together. But I think you're finally starting to see tangible evidence of them buying into Steve Spagnolo. And it's at the right time. And I think you're getting a late buy. This is fortunate for this team. They need to buy more than anyone to get healthy. You regroup. They have this trust in Spag. Let's see what they can do against the Oakland Raiders in every game thereafter. Are you worried about Oakland? I wouldn't say worried. I I I I think the game is a little more losable than I would have ever imagined before the season started where the Raiders are coming on here. They got a lot of good young players and a lot to play for and this is their season. This is their season. If they they don't win this game, who knows if they make the playoffs, they'll still have an opportunity to do so, but this could put them in the driver's seat. So it's a big game, and it's not necessarily a given, and I think that's the most surprising. Am I worried? I wouldn't say I'm worried. So I think if we really look at the AFC playoff picture, I think there's three teams fighting for two wild card spots. The winner of the AFC South obviously is locked for the playoffs. They're going to have the home game, the second-place team, whether that's the Colts or the Texans. I think it's going to be the Colts. Buffalo and Oakland, those are probably the, t- uh, the other two teams. If you had to pick, who do you think are the two wild-card teams in the AFC? Two wild card teams in the AFC. So we have the the Patriots, the Ravens, the Colts and Texans in that little mix, and the Chiefs and the Raiders. So I would say I think the Bills do wind up getting a wild card, and then the AFC South team I think is probably the answer. I, I think one team out of the AFC West ultimately. John, you agree with that? Yeah, for the most part. For the record, the playoffs started today. New England, the one. Baltimore, the two. So they'd get the buys. The Colts would be the three. The Chiefs would be the four, which would mean the Chiefs would host Buffalo in the first round of the playoffs. That sounds kind of good to me. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick right now, I think it's Buffalo and the Colts. I think those are going to be the two AFC wildcard teams. I think Oakland, they have four of their next six games on the road. Right. I think you're going to probably have to get to 10 in order for them to make the playoffs. I don't think they do it. I think they go 9-7. and seven. I think they narrowly miss the playoffs. They have a soft schedule, but you're right. They are on the road, and you never know in the National Football League. Like Just because they're playing the New York Jets, and that's something I, I think I'm telling fans this week, is they're playing the Jets on Sunday. I get the Jets have not had the best year, but you just never know. I, it could be such a Raider thing for them to have this grand opportunity at Arrowhead and then go to New York and lose this Sunday. And It's just a game to watch, and, and I don't think anything is a given. So let's just see what happens there. BK had a stat. What was the stat earlier today? Because I'm actually picking the Jets to win that game. I don't like West Coast team going on the mm-hmm. road, play the East Coast team in that early time zone. 
BK, if you can pull it up and remind me what the stat was, what is the West Coast team traveling to the East Coast? That's a big reason why I think they lose. I think the Jets have been competitive, especially at home. Remember, they beat Dallas earlier in the season. I think the Jets are going to win that football game. And this sounds crazy, too. I mean, I like Sam Darnold. Again, I know he's had his struggles this year. I know he had the moment with the Ghosts on, on Monday Night Football, but I think he's good enough to beat the Raiders. I really do, and so let's just see what happens. BK... So- what was the stat? I'm sorry. So here it is. From 20, 2003 to 2018, so a 15-year span, West Coast teams have gone 80 and 133 oh straight God. up when playing on the East Coast. That is a 37% winning percentage. So that's basically as if they were going 4-12, and 5-11 over the course of a regular season. That just goes to show you how unfair London seems for West Coast teams even. Because if they're struggling with the East Coast, I mean, you send them to London, it's nine hours. Poor Sam Donald. There's going to be somebody dressed up like a ghost at every game for the rest of his career, home or on the road. What about the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes? By his standards, he wasn't just okay. He was kind of bad on Monday Night Football. What do you make of that? I think that's the state of Kansas City football right now, right? We are shocked at that performance. And he was the first to admit it. You know, He had a couple missed opportunities there. I don't think this is a guy who's going to have two bad games in a row. And I think the better thing that you look at here is Andy Reid has the bye week. And Andy Reid has been really, really good after the bye. I think anything that happened last game, Pat will have another opportunity to adjust to. He'll watch the tape. You get another week off of there any ankle or knee ailments that you're still kind of lingering there. And we saw him really run and be comfortable on Monday night. He still doesn't look a hundred, a hundred percent to me. So another week off, I think, will do him some good. How much of that was the offensive line struggling? I figured LDT comes back, Fisher comes back, the line getting healthy. They should block, protect, create some holes. Sure. They weren't great either. Yeah, I, I'm more talking about when he was scrambling. Like I, I just look at him and when he is intentionally running, he should never lead the team in rushing yards. Period. No, End of story. Period. That's true, and that could be more of a problem with the running backs than anything else. But true. I, I just watch him and running, and he just isn't moving. 100% exactly right to me. And so getting another week off, I think, will do him wonders. Are you worried at all about the offense? I'm worried that their offense isn't elite anymore. I think their offense is good. I think in order for this team to win the Super Bowl, they need their offense to be great or elite. I think the ceiling has been lowered for this offense. I think I'm okay with them as long as Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are there. I think back to the Alex game, the last Alex game against the Titans, where they lose Kelsey halfway through that game, and we're just a different offensive team without them. Patrick Mahomes is great. I, I think this was just an aberration, an outlier. I think if he has Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, those two elite weapons, I still feel pretty good about this offense. I wish they had a running back. I really do. I just <clears throat> I just don't think the Chiefs have a, have a true answer at that position right now. Sometimes it's LaShawn McCoy, sometimes it's Damian Williams, then one of them fumbles, then you go to the other one, the other one isn't that great. Daryl comes in, Darwin Thompson's been nowhere to, to be found. They feel like they really have a gaping hole at that position. What really bothers me with the offense is they've had a couple of drives where I think a championship-level offense can keep possession and not have to punt it back. They had four separate times in that game where it was 24-17 to that I thought the defense was just waiting for the offense to score. Just waiting for them to score. That if they had scored points on any one of those four drives, I think it puts the game out of reach, and it's not that nerve-wracking at the end where they have to get the interception at the goal line. 
the drive that Green Bay had against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football, I don't know if this team's capable of doing that. If if a team punts the ball back to the Chiefs with six and a half minutes to go, I think the Chiefs eventually have, have, have to punt that ball back where I think there's a couple of offenses that wouldn't be in that situation. Killing the clock is definitely not Andy's specialty, and either is running the football with this particular team. And that's not good. Like For what CDOT's talking about, five minutes left, can you milk the clock, can you end the game? We saw, what, three or four separate times the Chiefs gave the ball back to the Chargers when they could have essentially ended the game. Yeah, I think my my message here when it comes to that is I, I just think we need to chill. I just think the offense might have had a bad game where just things weren't going right. The scheme wasn't good. Andy Reid maybe got a little bit passive, but this is just one game out of a lot of games where we've seen the offense to be really good. I mean, you look at the score sheet, and it's punt, 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 punt. It doesn't look good by any means, but I, I, I tend to think this was more of a bad single game than a greater message, a greater indicator of this team. Do you think that Andy's done a good job calling plays this year? I think he's had better seasons, you know, but it, it, there's just been a lot that's happened where every week we were talking, I mean, he has an injury. And I, I understand, you know, and he'd be honestly, and this is something about him, he'd be the last person to make excuses. He says, he always says he needs to call better plays. It's kind of become this norm now, but uh, yeah, I think he's had better years for sure. I'm surprised that they haven't been able to manufacture production from the running back position. Like that's probably been the biggest surprise for their offense to me because I have long held the belief that, Andy, it's just running back is so yep. mix and match. It's so mm-hmm. interchangeable. They can do what they did with Damian Williams the second half of the season, and they can get that over 16 weeks. That hasn't been the case. If you take away Patrick Mahomes' carries in the game, running backs had 22 carries for 71 yards against the Chargers. That's simply not good enough. Well, even if you look back to his days in Philadelphia, it, it just didn't really matter who the running back was. He would always get production out of him, and then you saw what he was able to do with third rounder Kareem Hunt and then everyone's like okay it's just anyone even I think what was even more impressive than Kareem was what he was able to accomplish with Spencer Ware and Sharkandrick West and it just hasn't translated this season I think it's more of Kareem being this elite back and maybe the guys this year being not as good as we thought they were where Damian Williams should not have been named the starter where LaShawn McCoy might be on that last stretch of his career and may not be the running back we thought he was. Don't forget Jamal Charles and Deuce Staley and Brian Westbrook. Like That guy's had yeah. a lot of success with the running back position. How much do you think the reason the defense looked pretty good on Monday Night Football, especially the secondary, was because of Phillip Rivers? Because that guy's absolute hot trash. who just handed the ball to the Chiefs four separate times. Yeah, he, he, he did not have a good game. He, he was holding on to the ball too long. He was missing guys in the secondary, just flat out not seeing them. He was on his way to his back and still throwing the football up. He, he looked like a quarterback who was old. And, and when a quarterback looks like that, you don't know exactly how to judge the defense. I thought Phillip Rivers had an atrocious game. Some of that credit has to go to the D, but you're right. I mean, it is something to think about. How many more times do you think the Chiefs face Phillip Rivers head to head? Well, I think they get him once, right? They get him once more. I don't know if I don't know if he makes it past uh, this year with the LA Chargers. This has to be the end of the road, right? Like this has to be. It. From what you hear, I think out of it was California. It's it's that he wants to come back and and play in this new stadium at least once. <laughs> okay, stupid. It'd be very stupid to do that if you're the for Chargers. the franchise. Can you imagine being a fan of a team that Philip Rivers your quarterback all of next season too? It might not be up to him. I I think I think. The, it's funny that that it, that you're pointing to this, but I think it came down to like what New York did with the Giants. They were probably like one more year of Eli, and then just said we can't do this anymore. You hope that L.A. would look at that and say we're not going to have that happen here. Uh, Eli and and Philip forever connected. 
Text line 69306. You know what time it is. Oh, gosh. It's rapid fire questions with Pete Sweeney time. If you have a question, text line 69306. Oh, it could be sports or otherwise. I don't care. If you got a question for Pete Sweeney, I am asking him the question. Text line 69306. How many running backs do you think the Chiefs draft this offseason? I think they finally draft one in the first few rounds, meaning, well, maybe not the first few rounds. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe like the third or fourth round. I could see them going with more of a mid-round pick uh, just to, I think, lock up that position a little bit more. Do you think Carlos Hyde is doing what he's doing in Houston if he stayed in Kansas City? I don't. I saw Carlos Hyde. BK, you were next to me almost every day in training camp. You did not expect this from Carlos Hyde. He's stoned. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where it came from. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. I think it's something about Kansas City running backs this year. Text line 69306. What is your favorite video game, Pete? (laughs) This is lame, but it's Madden. I, I enjoy Madden the most, and I'm more of a sport game guy. I like NHL and FIFA. Those are my favorites. I'm not. I'm not huge into like a lot of the fantasy games. Sorry, sir. We were looking for Mario Kart. Good try. Though. I like Mario Kart too. Mario yeah. Kart's good. Say, say Mario Kart again. I like Mario. No, Mario Kart. <laughs> okay, I don't think so. I definitely don't think it's Mario. No, Kart. that's like going to Washington D.C. It's absolutely not Mario. I know you're from New York. He's still Mario. You probably have you heard of Beerio Kart? No. Yeah, of course. I can't Sean stopped playing video games in 1945. So <laughs> I played Mario Kart. Yeah, you played Mario Kart on Nintendo 64. 64 yeah, yes. I played Goldeneye. That was five Ken Griffey Nintendo Jr. systems baseball. ago. Uh, what is your go-to Chick-fil-A order, Pete? Uh, if I'm going in the mornings, I like to get two ch- spicy chicken biscuits with honey. If I'm going in the afternoon, it's the spicy chicken deluxe sandwich. Oh, yeah. I like the coffee there, too, for some reason. The honey's the important part of the biscuits. Not a lot of people know that. That's phenomenal. C-Dot just started putting honey on his pepperoni pizza. Which oh, I- my goodness. At Joe's Pizza? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't I've know been, about all that. I've been jonesing for Joe's Pizza. And like Friday night jonesing for sa- Joe's. Friday night and Saturday night, I don't know what it is. I've been just like, I got to go to Joe's. I got to go to Joe's. And put that honey in that well, pepper. I know what it is on Friday and Saturday night. Oh, that's when Joe's seemingly tastes a little bit yeah. better than it does the during the day. Time. Well, that's weird. It's always so good. Right? It's two in the the morning on Saturday, like that's crazy. Joe's is so good. I went there completely sober one day. No, you didn't. Nobody to, ever has. I swear I did. No, it didn't. exists when you're sober. I swear. I, I just, thought there's like an intrigue. <laughs> they kick you right out. You guys got me. In. You guys got me feeding for the Joe's right now. I might go get some Joe's whenever I leave. I was the like, sauce is actually you really have good. Have to blow before you get in. Uh, text line six nine three zero six. Do you think Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson will be on the roster next year? Starting to look like no. I, you know, less less of a case for Demarcus Robinson. If Sammy makes a late push here and, and can show he can do something, I think there's a chance. But uh, yeah, looking grim for both of those guys. What are your Thanksgiving plans? Um, my family is actually flying into Kansas City, and we'll be having it with some family friends here. I'm excited for that. Text line six nine three. Mrs. Pete invited. Mrs. Pete and uh, yeah, both my, both my parents, my sisters coming in. It'll be good. Should have clarified. Girlfriend Pete invited. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, at this point, it seems serious enough that if she's not invited to the Thanksgiving dinner, then it's not no, as serious as you think that it, it is. Uh, text line 69306, what do you think about signing Shane Ray? There's no player that the text line wants on the Chiefs more than Shane He's Ray. He's got that badass Kansas City tattoo on his back. Bring him home. It's one of those things, like, there's some things in the NFL that happen where, especially when it comes to the Patriots, like, if the Patriots aren't interested in him or if they've released him, like, that should be an exhausted player. There's been enough teams that have moved on from Shane Ray that I think it's pretty clear there's something wrong with Shane Ray. So, no, I don't want Shane Ray. Text line 69306. What's a bad habit that you have? 
bad habit that I have. Text line asking very deep thought provoking I think questions. eating on the run. I'm all over the place, especially during the season, and I, I tend to eat way worse during the NFL season. So we just talked about Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I mean, probably once a week because I'm on the run. Someone asked, what is your favorite band or bands? Who who is who's Pete Sweeney listening to in the car? I, you're going to be shocked by this, uh, see that, but Dave Matthews is my favorite band. I'm not surprised in the least bit that you listen to Dave Matthews. Like, no part of me. For such an outdoorsman, I'm surprised that was your pick. I, I grew up with Limp Biscuit. I remember. I actually thought you were going to say NPR. That's what I really thought you were going to say. I like, whenever you're not listening to this, you listen yeah. to NPR. I, I mean, you could learn a lot. That is our guy, Pete Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. He is the master outdoorsman. Ned Yost said he looks up to you in your hunting acumen. Better stay away from trees then, huh? That is our guy, Pete Sweeney. Uh, really appreciate him coming on. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll go around the NFL. But first, Sam Mellinger of the Kansas City Star. He made a good point about the Chiefs, and we'll talk about it. Coming up, it's The Drive. The Drive. 610 Sports Radio.